Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. Come on, man. Y'all ready to dive into God's Word real quick? Y'all ready to just jump into church, cannonball up into this thing? Well, we want to take a moment. Um, we really want to take this moment, and um, and we want to highlight all the moms in the room. As we celebrate Mother's Day today, as I was really kind of thinking about today and celebrating and honoring all the moms in the house, I realized that today could be a hard day for many of you. You know, obviously I'm not a mom, but I think that there's a lot of things that you as a mom that you have gone through, that you go through. And maybe there's some of you in here today where you're sitting in this place, you're sitting in this room, and it's a, it's a hard day for you because some of you have lost your mother. So it's a hard memory. I mean, I just, I remember my mom. I, I wish she was around, but you've, you've lost a mother. Maybe some of you uh, ladies that are sitting in this room today, it's a hard day because maybe through life and um, trying to, to, to have children, you've had some miscarriages. And so you're, you're thinking about all of those things and you're, you're going through today and it's, it's a hard day for you. Maybe some of you ladies in this room today, maybe at an earlier stage in your life or somewhere along your journey of life, you've made some decisions about children. And so today it actually reminds you of something that once was done and you regret it or it's a hard day for you. Maybe some of you ladies in this room today, maybe you're in here today and you just, you're not able to have children, but you wish and you could desire to have children. I'm up here to tell you today that you're loved, that you're valued, that you're treasured, that no matter what it is that you've walked through, no matter what decision you've made, no matter what miscarriage, what, what, no matter what it is that you've lost, you are still a mother, you are still loved, you are still desired, and God still has a plan and a purpose and a desire over your life. And so all you moms in the house, can you just stand to your feet, Revo? Can we show them some love up in here today? Come on, show them, show them some special love today, Revo Church. Special, special love today. Well, after service, uh, after service, please make your way down into the cafe area. Uh, we have something that we would like to give you, and we'd also love for you to take a little photo op down there. And we just want to bless you with a little something just to let you know that you're thought of, that you're loved, and today is an amazing day. Well, today, um, I, I want to kind of dive into this real quick. I, ha I have a few more minutes to discuss and to share really what it is that I feel like God wants us to hear. And I want to kind of give you an update. This is a recycled message. Um, I, I took this message and the reason why is because I believe that throughout the years of our life and really throughout a year of our life, we can start off the year strong, but somewhere along the lines, we begin to kind of get a little weak, if you know what I mean. And here's what I mean by that. How many of you this morning, um, you, you know, you set your alarm clock, you set uh, an alarm to get up, to get moving, to get the kids dressed, to fix breakfast, to fix coffee. You set an alarm, but you are like, oh, not today. <laughs> Let me hit the snooze button on that one. Come on, any snoozers out there today? Listen, I hit the snooze button and I was proud of it. <laughs> you know, a couple of years back, um, this was probably seven or eight years ago, um, Mariah and I were invited to this wedding in Orlando. 
And uh, we get invited to this wedding. Well, you know, if you know my family, we have 100 kids and it, it, it kind of gets a little tiring sometimes. And, and so I thought to myself, man, we can go to Orlando. We're going to get this hotel. And uh, we got this hotel and I was super excited. Listen, I'm a, I love a bougie hotel. Listen, I just, I like to get a little bougie in a hotel. I like to turn the air down as cold as it can get. And so I go to this hotel and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, listen, we get there around 2.30 at check-in. We don't have to be at the wedding until 6.30. So I get to the hotel room and I look at Mariah and I am just spent. Like I have been going hard and just tired, worn out. I look at Mariah as soon as we get into the room and I'm like, baby, I'm, I'm feeling a little catnap. And if you know what I'm talking about, a hotel catnap, what is a catnap, Charles? It's just like a little short nap, okay? Uh, you know, when you go and get a little catnap, when you begin to turn those curtains in at a hotel, they got that blackout liner, you know what I'm talking about? It's like glory, hallelujah, like I'm just about to just slumber. You shut those curtains, you drop that air down, and I looked at Mariah, and I'm like, listen, I, I think I can get some snooze in on this one. You know, it's like, listen, I know that you're wanting me right now, but I'm tired. I'm just going to have to press the pause button. Sorry, baby, but anyway, you know, so so I go in, man, and I, I don't even remember, listen, I don't even remember hitting the pillow. Like, it's, it's that, like, you're so tired sometimes, like, you just fall asleep, and you just, boom, you're asleep before you even hit the pillow get in there and I don't know what it is, but for me, anytime I have something going on, I have like this internal alarm clock. Anybody else? This internal alarm clock. So like, you know, you got to get up for work. You know, you have an event to go to. You know, you have something to do. It doesn't matter. You don't have to set an alarm clock because something internally is just going to be like, boom, it's going to trigger you. You're going to wake up. You're like, man, it is ready to go. Well, I'm taking a nap and all of a sudden, man, I just jump up. Yes. Whew, man, that was a great nap. I think I slept maybe 30 minutes, 45 tops. And so I reach over to my phone. And as I reach over to my phone to turn this alarm off, I realize that I have overslept. The wedding started at 6.30. It's 7.30 p.m. I look at Mariah and I'm like, we did it again. You know, like, like kind of like this home alone moment, like just lose it. I'm just, I don't know what's going on. I'm looking at Mariah. I'm like, I overslept. I'm literally looking through my text threads. And as I'm looking through it, it's the bride's mom. It's the groom. It's the bride. It's the groom's mom. Thank God I wasn't the one doing the wedding. You know what I'm saying? Had y'all on that one, didn't I? Hook. Uh, you know, so I, I didn't have to do the wedding, but I'm looking at this feed because everyone was wanting me to be there. They wanted me to pray over the bride and groom. They wanted me to do all these different things, but something on the inside of me was like, yo, you need some sleep. I realized when I looked at my phone, I had not only snoozed the alarm, but I turned the alarm completely off. See, I don't know where you fall in the category of hitting the snooze button or not, but I think we can all relate that at some point in our lives, we've hit the snooze button on Jesus. Somewhere in our life, we've hit the snooze button on Jesus. Because all along, all through life, as we walk through life, as we travel through life, God is constantly knocking on our hearts. He's putting something in our minds and we can either accept what he has for us or we can reject what he has for us. 
Come on, we hit the snooze button on Jesus when he tries to wake us up at 5 a.m. Listen, I'm like, Lord, I didn't even know heaven was open at 5 a.m. You know what I mean? But, but it's those moments where you, you realize like, man, I'm dead asleep and I just wake up just kind of out of a, a, a deep slumber and something on the inside of you, your heart is beating, your mind is going crazy and it's just that constant little ask, hey, why don't you spend some time with me? Why don't you spend a little bit of time with me? But a lot of times in our life, what we do is we, we say, you know what, God, not, not right now. I'm just going to have to snooze right now. I'm going to have to press pause right now. Can I get to you at seven o'clock? Can I get to you at eight o'clock? We, we snooze Jesus when he asks us to encourage someone. When we're walking through life and we're going into our office space or we're going into our neighbors and, and all along the Holy Spirit is like, hey, I need you to go encourage that individual. They're walking through a hard season. They're going through a hard time and, and we're just kind of walking around and like, yeah, but God, I'm just not really good at that. I, I'm not an encourager, God. I, I don't know if I can share those. I don't know if I can do that. I got, I, I'm just not really sure. We snooze Jesus when he asks us to forgive someone. Some of the hardest things that we have to do in life is to forgive. Some of the hardest things that we have to face every single day is, is not only forgiving someone else, but it's forgiving ourselves. Looking in the mirror and just saying, man, I, I don't like who I see. I don't, I don't like who I've become. Looking in all of these places and, and all along God is saying, hey, I just need you to forgive. I just need you to go and forgive that individual. I need you to forgive yourself. But, but something inside of us decides to hit the snooze button. We snooze Jesus when he holds us accountable. We snooze Jesus when he starts trying to get us to tithe. We, we snooze Jesus when it comes to getting involved in the local church. We snooze Jesus when he's calling us to step out of our comfort zone. Listen, we've all snoozed him. We've all hit the snooze button. We've all put Jesus on a shelf. We've all kind of put him on that coffee table mindset mentality. And the problem with that is just like me hitting the snooze button for my alarm, the more and more we begin to hit the snooze button on Jesus, the easier it is for us to completely tune out what it is that God is asking us to do. Have you ever wondered, like, like, have you ever wondered and asked yourself this question, like, God, why am I still here? Why, why do I see everyone else flourishing? Why do I see everything else flourish? Why is their business flourishing and not mine? Why are they finding freedom and I'm not? Why are they succeeding in life, but yet here I am stuck? And I can, I can venture to say and almost, almost say it in this way is that the reason why you are where you are is because you've snoozed God and he is trying to get you out of something, but because you're not stepping into what it is he has for you, you're locked in this position. We snooze him. And that's why we find ourselves losing our joy, finding ourselves back in the rut. That's why we always need to be reminded that Jesus is our top priority. 
You know, in Matthew, as we dive into Matthew chapter 26, I love this passage because it begins to help us kind of see this picture of what happens when we begin to sleep on God. Matthew chapter 26, it says this, it says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Talking with him, Peter and the, uh, and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. If you have a Bible or it's on your phone, just highlight that, underline it, do whatever you can do. You're taking notes, kind of write that in there. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That is such a good just reminder for me. It's a reminder because it reminds me that even the people closest to Jesus fell. Even the people closest to Jesus fell asleep. Even the people closest to Jesus fell in temptation. I love this passage because what it's a reminder of is it's my spirit is willing. It's like, man, I, I want to do all these things, but oh, my flesh, it is so weak. I want to do what God has for my life, but oh man, I want to do what the world has for my life as well. There's a, there's a natural feeding of the flesh when you, when you indulge in these activities that are ungodly activities or unbiblical activities. Oh, it feels so good in the moment. But it's on the other side that we don't see. And the whole time God is saying, hey, if you, if you just listen to what I have for you, <clears throat> if you would just do what I would ask you to do the first time, you won't have to be dealing with all the side effects and the consequences that come on the other side. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I love as we read on in this passage, this is where we actually read what Peter does as, he's, as Jesus is talking to the disciples. Could you even stay awake? Hey, stay awake for one hour? Can, can't you stay awake for 30 minutes? Can't you stay awake for 20 minutes? Can't you just stay awake and pay attention to what it is that I have to say or what it is that God wants to do in your life? And Peter's like, hey man, I'm my bad. And we read in this passage a little bit past it, and this is where we begin to see all these religious leaders and all these soldiers and all these guards, they begin to come and arrest Jesus. They come in. And they're coming in with their torches. They're coming in with their chains and their ropes and all these different things. And they come to arrest Jesus. And this is where we read about Peter drawing a sword and running up to a soldier, cutting the ear off of a soldier. Can I point something out that, that Peter wasn't aiming for the dude's ear? Let's just make that as an obvious statement. Peter wasn't being like, oh, I'm going to cut this dude's ear off today. No, he was going for the head. 
He was going for the strikeout. He was going for the kill. And that is right after Jesus is saying, watch and pray. Can't you just watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation? That the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is right after this conversation. Peter's drawing a sword, trying to kill somebody that's trying to take Jesus. And as we read along in this passage, we start to understand and read that, that Peter didn't just stop there. He went from a bold, angry Peter to a coward Peter. Someone that is a, lot, a little child walking up to a grown man. Hey, 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 aren't you one of these disciples? Aren't you one of his followers? You got the wrong person, lady. Little girl, I think you have me mistaken for someone else. We see Peter trying to murder someone. <clears throat> then we see Peter denying Christ three times. Why? Because the spirit is willing. But the flesh, the flesh is weak. Listen, I'm not saying that if you fall asleep while praying... Come on, are you doze off while reading the Bible? The best nap that you can ever get, start praying and start reading. <laughs> or watching golf. You know, I'm out. <laughs> best naps you'll ever have. I'm not saying that if you doze off in this moment. Why? Because God's not looking for a doer. He's looking at your heart. It's not these religious things like, oh, I have to read this amount. I have to pray this amount. I have to worship this amount. No, he's looking at your heart. God's not saying if you fall asleep while you're praying, oh, wait, woe is you. I can't believe you would do this. I'm not saying that if you do those things, you're going to try and chop someone's ear off. That's, that's not the message that we're trying to say. But what I am saying is that the, the more we snooze the moments, those moments where God and the Holy Spirit is stirring in your life, the more we snooze those moments of our heart beating out of our chest, the more we snooze those moments of the Holy Spirit just yelling in your thoughts like, hey, don't you do that. I, I, that's a bad idea. You, you don't want to go down that road. You've been there before, remember? Don't, don't you do that. The more we snooze those moments, the more we push the Holy Spirit away, the easier it is to continue down a road of temptation, which leads us to losing our joy. Why is joy so important? Why is peace so important? Because it means that we're walking hand in hand with the Holy Spirit and we're walking hand in hand with God. See, see, what happens is, is we can find ourselves wondering like, God, hey, have you forgot about me, bro? I, listen, I, I just, I, that's how I talk to God sometimes. Can I be honest? Like, hey, can you hear me up there? This, this is all of this stuff is going on. Don't you see what's happening? And it's so funny because it's like when I shut up, and when I kind of get to that place where I'm just like, all right, man, I'm going I'm to give you a chance to talk now. Do you realize a lot of times he's always pinpointing what I didn't do for him? 
the thing that he asked me to let go of, the thing that he had asked me to, re, you know, to release to him, the, the very thoughts, the very temptations, all of those things. It, hey, haven't you learned yet? It's like all of these different things. It's like I'm holding on with dear life. Why can't I get to the next step? Why can't I find peace? Why can't I find joy? Why can't I find all of these things that, that God provides? It's because I haven't done the last thing that he's asked me to do. So how do you stay in a place where your reminders in life and your reminders from God don't get snoozed? And the first thing is this, is that there is nothing more important than Jesus. There is nothing more important than Jesus. I I, I tell my family this all the time. I love God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit first. I know they're one and three and they're three in one, but I'm trying to teach them. I love them first. But daddy, you don't love me? Not yet. <laughs> I love God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I love, I love them first. I love your mommy second. And depending on who asks me first, then I love you. <laughs> I've got a lot. But there's these, there's these teaching elements that, that there's nothing more important than Jesus. And what happens is, is we have prioritized our life. We have prioritized other things first. <clears throat> Why do we not have that joy and peace in our life? Because we put our spouse first. We put our kids first. We put our business first. Can I be honest with you that, that, that I've had a conviction in my life at different times where I have put this church first. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, God, I'm doing all of this for you. So therefore, I'm kind of spending time with you. But it's only until I get a reminder, until I slow down, he begins to remind me. No, 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 no. That does not come first. I am first. And you steward the people that I have given you. You didn't build this. They didn't come for you. They're coming for me. And I have to steward what God has given me. I have to steward you as a congregation. I have to be the best pastor that I can be. And that only comes from the overflow of spending time with Jesus. I can't be the best husband in the world. I can't love my wife if I have nothing to give. I can't love her with a, with a genuine, sincere, authentic, heavenly love if I have not been, been tapped into the love of Jesus where he's pouring his love upon me and now it's just overflowing. I can't love my family that way. I can't forgive. I can't forgive you. I can't forgive those that have offended me. I can't forgive my spouse. I can't forgive myself until I have spent time with Jesus and there is an overflow of forgiveness reminding me how much he has forgiven me. So therefore, if he's forgiven me that much, I can forgive you that much. It all comes from the overflow. And it only comes from the overflow whenever we remember and we were reminded that there is nothing more important than Jesus Christ himself. Nothing. And the way that we get there and the way that we spend time with Jesus is what I like to call the first 15. 
Many of you I've talked to, many of you I haven't. And the question that comes about a lot of times is, Charles, where do I even start reading in the Bible? You know, it's like I just kind of crack open the Bible. I close my eyes and I point. And when I open them, it's like Leviticus. Like, no, nah, I ain't doing that one today. You know, like, I don't even know what they're talking about. You know, not today. I'll start reading like a paragraph and I'm like, that's gross. I'm out. It's the first 15. You've got to realize, man, that you don't have to try and figure it all out, that, that God and technology and really the day that we live in has made it so much easier for us to read the Bible. And I want to challenge you. I challenged our last service this, that I'm going to challenge you over the next 21 days, starting tomorrow. It's crazy because I got a text message after last service. Text message says this. It says, tomorrow I'm starting the 21-day uh, first 15 challenge. Pastor Charles, what can I do to challenge not only myself, but my family to join me? It's like, wow, that's a powerful text. Here, here it is. If you want your family to join you, it starts with you. And can I challenge even above that the men of the house? If you want your family to follow you, it starts with you as a man of the house. The first 15, what is that? It's five minutes in the word. It's five minutes in prayer. It's five minutes in worship. If you don't have a Bible, take your phone and it has a Bible for you. It's called the Bible app. It's super simple. You open up the home page of the Bible app and what it does is it will actually give you the first 15. It gives you a scripture of the day. Don't try to read a paragraph. Don't try to read a chapter a day. Start with a one par or start with one scripture. It will help you. Why? Because when you take that one scripture, you're able to chew on that scripture all day long. We talked about this a couple of months ago where you're ruminating on God's word. You're just chewing on it and chewing on it and letting it soak in your mind all day long. You chew on that scripture, then guess what it does? It goes to a little devotional. And after you read that devotional, guess what it does? It helps lead you in prayer time while playing worship. It's the first 15. So I want to challenge you as a church, as your pastor, I want to challenge you to do this. Starting tomorrow, set your clock 20 minutes earlier. Uh, that math don't add up, Charles. <laughs> I'm giving you five minutes to make coffee. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's coffee, juice, then the Holy Spirit. I get it. Okay. 20 minutes early. Set your clock 20 minutes early. Get you some coffee. Download the Bible app if you don't have it. Get into a hard Bible if you do have it, however you want to do it, and do the first 15. Five minutes in the Word. Five minutes in prayer. Five minutes in worship. The second thing is this, and the band can come on up, is don't forget to forget the past. I think a lot of us get stuck here, even as a believer. Don't forget to forget the past. Charles, what are you saying? I, I, how do I forget to forget? How do I not forget to forget the past like I remember the past? I, this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you won't remember the past. But what I am saying is that you are no longer affected by it. Whom the sun sets free 
is free indeed. You are no longer affected by it. We hang on to things. God doesn't. We try to let those things control us. But God is saying, I've delivered you from that. I've released you from that. I've let go of that. You're the one who's standing there. Because here's here's the, the hard truth, the hard reality, is that as believers, I've accepted Jesus. He lives in my heart. I'm going to heaven. I'm doing all the things. I go to church. I read my word. I do the first 15, Charles. Man, this is me. But there are many, many believers that they are saved, but they are still bound. Many of us. Where God is calling you to step out and do something, but you're not able to move. And guess what? It's a tactic of the enemy. Because the enemy knows this one thing. If I can't get them to sin, I just need to get them to stay put. If I can't get them to fall, if I can't get them to waver, if I can't get them to indulge in whatever that may be, I just need to get them to stay put. Why? Because when they're standing here, when they're not doing anything that God is putting in their life, they're no longer a threat to me. Oh, I'm saved. That's great. But you're not helping um, other people become Christ followers. You're stuck here. And this is where many of us as believers were stuck in this spot. And God is saying, hey, I have released you years ago. I released you last week. I cut that chain off of you, that bondage. I cut all of those things that are preventing you to move. I have released you. Why are we still here? heard this story years ago and it made perfect sense years ago I heard this story and it was basically it was it was sharing about a baby elephant and how they're trained and if you're to go to a circus today and you see these monster elephants you see these elephants there's no rope on them there's nothing connected to them But these big elephants, they just kind of walk in circles and they do what they're told to do. And the reason why it is easy for one of those massive elephants to do what they're told to do, because when they're young cubs, they actually have a chain wrapped around their foot with a stake in the ground. And this baby elephant, not knowing anything, he begins to walk. And as he's beginning to walk, he's, he's kind of out there. He's grazing. He's doing his different thing. And he's like, oh, man, look at all this open space. And I'm going to be going over here. And oh, kind of begins to jerk him back a little bit. And he tries another way. I, okay, I'm just going to go this way. I couldn't go that way. And I'm just going to go this way. And as this elephant is moving, oh, kind of jerks him back a little bit. And as a baby elephant, what this elephant is trained mentally to do is it's trained to only realize I can go so far, so fast. I can go so far, so fast. And the whole lifespan of this baby elephant is just moving around in a circle, only going so far, so fast. Till this elephant becomes a grown elephant and now it's time to do what it was trained to do and that was to stay in this compound and do what it was told to do and 
not even realizing because the elephant in his mind has been equipped and trained to realize, no, you just stay in this space, in this space only. But it doesn't even realize that the chain was broken off of his foot years ago. And this is where we are as believers, where you have been set free. God has delivered you of your past, of your today, of your mental anxiety, of the abuse that you've endured. He, he, he's delivered you from that. Charles, you don't understand how hard it is to walk away from that. You don't understand how hard it is to release that and let it go. Yes, I do. I may not understand your story, but guess what? I have one as well. And it's hard for us sometimes to be able to say, you know what, God, thanks for saving me, but I'm so messed up mentally that I'm just going to stay right here. You're wanting to go and you're wanting to move and God's, oh man, God, man, thanks for this, this, this jolt of passion and boldness at church service. And man, wow, what an amazing experience it is. But as soon as I leave those doors and I, and I begin to try to walk out, I just remember, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. But I want to tell you something today, church, that that's not who you are and that's not where you belong. That God has set you free. Yeah, we struggle up here, but God has set you free. Why is the word of God so important in our lives and over our lives? It's because when we don't know what to think and we don't know what to do, his word does. When we don't know how to function and when we don't know how to move, guess what? His word does. When I don't feel like I can move, Charles, I don't, I don't feel like I can move in this place. I feel paralyzed in this place. I feel bound in this place. And the sun sets free. It's free indeed. And I want you to know today, guys, that you are no longer bound. That you are free. So I want to do this. I did this last service. I want everybody to lift your hands up real quick. I want you to repeat this after me. Jesus, I release my thoughts to you. I give you everything. That I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer chained. I'm no longer a prisoner. That I am a son and daughter of the Most High. That I'm a chosen person. A royal priesthood. And that today, I give you these chains so that they will not control me any longer. In Jesus' name. Come on, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to ask this question. If you're in here today, you say to yourself, you know, Charles, man, it's, it's hard for me to understand that principle because I really haven't truly surrendered to Jesus. I haven't surrendered to him. Yeah, I come to church. Yeah, I was raised in it. Yeah, I hear about it. I listen to worship every now and then. My, my spouse or my family or somebody talks about it. But, but me personally, Charles, I've never surrendered my heart to him. Or maybe you've run away. You've spent some time just trying to figure it out on your own. But today is the day where God is calling you back home. 
He's saying, no, today is the day. Today is the day that not only do you surrender your heart to me, but today is the day that I lift the stake out of the ground and I unshackle you from the chains and the burdens that you've been carrying so that you're able to move freely. And if you're in here today and you say, you know what, Charles, man, I just want you to pray for me because today is the day where I want to surrender or maybe I just want to come back home. I've been doing my own thing, but today I'm ready to come back home home. If that's you, just slip up a hand. Nobody looking around. Just slip up a hand. One, two, three. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the hands that were lifted. I thank you for those that are going through a hard time right now for their life, God, that you love them. I thank you so much for their life that you love them, that you desire them, that you have equipped them to do some great things. Lord, today is a day where we get to release it all to you. And I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect and it's going to be easy. But God, today we are making a declaration that serving you and worshiping you and getting into your word, God, it's going to be worth it. The first 15, worshiping you, being in your word, praying, Lord, I promise that we will give you our all. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, shoot us an email at info at Revo Church FL with the subject line, I've decided. And let us know where you're listening from because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at Revo Church FL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever if it's your best day spiritually.